I'm Rima. And I'm Dave. And I'm Richard. And this is Strange Indeed, a podcast dedicated to the hit Netflix show, The Umbrella Academy. This week we are covering Season 2, Episode 9, 743. Well, I think everyone just heard our special guest on the show. Welcome, Rich, to Strange Indeed. Thank you for having me. This is exciting. Yeah, uh, glad to have you. yeah, well, thank you. I've been watching the Umbrella Academy, so finally I get to talk with like-minded people about it. <laughs> That's awesome. So for any of our listeners who haven't heard me talk, and if you haven't, I don't know, you haven't been listening, I don't guess, to me on the podcast because I've <laughs> talked weeks and weeks about how I've been guesting with Jason and Rich on House Podcastica covering Cobra Kai. We covered the Karate Kid movies. We've been covering season one and two of Cobra Kai. Right. Um, so... I, I hope that you've been listening to and heard Rich um, on that podcast, but also um, you guys have covered some other pod, or, um, shows as well. Yeah, we did. Uh, and we'll be doing the Mandalorian when it comes out, <clears throat> excuse me, on October 30th. And then um, before that we did uh, the evil dead TV series, mm-hmm. uh, Ash versus the evil dead, which was a blast. I, oh my gosh. So good. Yeah. And Rima came on there. Uh, I did. I got to come on for one. Yeah. Yeah. Such a fun show to talk about. That was such a great show to talk about. And it really felt like being, you know, the, the one girl that was allowed in the secret boys clubhouse. um, (laughs) And it was so fun. I was fangirling the whole time because I was such a fan of the show and such a fan of the podcast. And I would just laugh right along with you guys um, as you would talk about the show. And then whenever I was guesting with you guys, I, couldn't hardly speak because I was just like, I can't believe I'm on here with you guys. (laughs) Like such a surreal moment. So that's cool. Yeah. Super cool. And then we got to be better friends as we've, you know, covered Cobra Kai and just had so much fun with that show. Yeah. It's fun to do these lighthearted shows, I guess, for lack of a better word, you know, uh, in these, in these, uh, strange times indeed. (laughs) Very well played. Yes. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. It was, it was a good, you know, good refreshing show, lighthearted show, just something fun and light uh, to get away from like the craziness in the world. So yeah, well, I was so stoked. And when, when we would talk offline, when we were on, you know, podcasting about Cobra Kai and you mentioned, you know, Hey, I'm watching the Umbrella Academy. And I was like, that's awesome. And, you know, I then totally, you know, Pake and I were talking about it and just thought how fun it would be to have you on. Cause we both think that you're just pretty awesome and really oh, super funny. I'm honored. Thank so. you both. It's, it's, uh, <laughs> yeah. it's going to be fun. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm really excited to podcast with you just because, yeah, I've listened to a lot of shows that you've been on, but to, to talk with you is it's going to be a lot of fun. Really cool. Yeah. Yeah, this is great. I'm I'm really excited. So we are here to talk about um, the penultimate episode from the Umbrella Academy uh, on season two, um, 743. And so just general thoughts, Rich, if you would like to go first tonight, what did you, what were your general thoughts about this episode? Man, this show, holy smokes, this episode was just like a bombshell of action and drama. Mm -hmm. It's like, where do you even begin and where does it, where is it even going to end, right? So now we got our, our uh, setup for one heck of a, a final episode, but man, oh man. Oh Yeah. 
Yeah, they queued it up pretty well in this one. Yeah, they did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Ready to yeah. see where this goes. <laughs> I know. I can't wait. I can't wait. Yeah. Um, well, Paik, what are your general thoughts? Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. Okay, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> no but it really was oh, quite an episode, like he said. But yeah, because I laughed a whole lot in this episode, but I also like legitimately cried a bunch too. Mm-hmm. And it was just like in awe and amazement through some of the stuff that they did in this episode. It just, it keeps like, it reiterates to me why I love this show so much. And I really just can't wait to talk about this episode. But then especially I can't wait to like watch and talk about the finale and see they've really set up for one hell of a finale. So yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, they really have. Well, I, I'm with you guys. This was a really fantastic episode. Peiku and I have talked uh, all throughout covering this season so far, how emotional it gets. You know, there's some moments where you just feel, you know, uh, really heartfelt moments, emotional moments. You know, you tear up so many times. And then other times, you know, there's all these ass kicking fight scenes and you're like, yeah, you know, and you get all the action and, <laughs> and, 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 you know, you're cheering you know, your, your, your guys on as they're fighting and stuff, or just funny moments with Klaus and Ben and, or, you know, one of the other siblings. And so this show kind of has it all. And this episode was definitely not short of any of that, especially the highly emotional, you know, tear tear jerking moments. Um, So I'm excited to talk about this episode too. And I'm, you know, excited to talk about you both um, with it. So with that being said, Rich, would you like to do us the honor um, with your number three? Yeah, sure. So um, I am fascinated with Vanya's powers Mm -hmm. and, you know, in this episode at the beginning here and uh, at the uh, end of last episode, she was showing off some of her crazy stuff. (laughs) I'm not sure. Okay. So I'm not really familiar with the comic book. Right. So I'm kind of right. learning all We're this not stuff. Either. You're in good company. <laughs> oh, okay, good. Yeah. Cause yeah, I, didn't I own them, but have not read them. <laughs> rehashing yeah. some old stuff here, but yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's like, so, so let's see what, so she's like radiating some sort of energy, right. As she's in the chair and going into some sort of uh, psychosis there. And mm-hmm. like people were bleeding from their orifices, you know, their <laughs> eyes and their ears and like Klaus, you know, he was like covering his ears like he couldn't stand the sound or something, but he didn't really hear a whole lot of sound. So I was trying to work out what exactly she could do, you know, and, and you know, all the FBI guys had their eyes burned out. So there's something going on yes, there. It's like sort of a combination of light and sound, but, but it, I don't think there's any heat and she can move physical objects around. Cause we've seen her do that. Like she, yeah. like in a previous episode, she lifted the whole lake, you know, yes. to save the boy. Uh, she can change the color of matter. Like uh, she changed the color of her violin and she can change the color of her, uh, of her clothes to white when she mm-hmm. seems to be in a really bad mood. And yeah. So now she's got the, the young boy, what's his name? Harlan. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. He, uh, you know, he's got some sort of psychic connection with her now. It was, it was crazy. It was like, now, so, you know, Ben having to go in there because he's a ghost and nobody else can reach her, which I was impressed that Klaus was able to get the farthest stuff out. That was kind of funny. I know. I was like, oh, Klaus. Got, got you go. Yeah. All of you. Yeah. But, uh, you know, Ben running in, uh, running in there and uh, diving deep into her psyche. Uh, and she mentions, well, now I remember everything. And I'm like, wow, with all these powers, that could be pretty dangerous if she yeah. remembers everything. Yes. <laughs> and for an instant there, I thought, oh, maybe this is what's going to cause the second apocalypse is her remembering everything and going crazy. and Right. Because like, no, 
<laughs> right. And because it felt like like no matter what, Vanya was just always going to be or is always going to be the cause of the apocalypse is what it what it felt like they were leading to, right? Like when yeah. they realized that that blast from the FBI building in the previous episode that it was Vanya and they're like, oh my God, it's Vanya again. You know, it's like she's always going to be the one you know, to cause it. Um, and again, is this what's going to happen again? You know, maybe not exactly the way that they were, you know, thinking before, but because she is exhibiting all this power in that right. moment. Um, yeah. I found Ben's speech to be pretty touching too. Oh yeah. I mean, yeah. it wasn't like super poetic or anything like that, but you know, he was saying things like it's a shitty world filled with shitty people sometimes. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, yes, it is. <laughs> I feel for you, man. I'm with you. And then, you know, uh, and then you realize that he's going away maybe forever. And you're like, hell yeah, he died 17 years ago. And now he might be really going away. And, and all he wanted was a hug. It was a little tear. Yeah. yeah. More than a little tear for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was bawling like a baby. I get way too emotionally attached. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, they, they definitely hooked us in the last few episodes, really kind of giving us a little bit more of Ben, you know, and he was getting to kind of explore a little bit when he was possessing Klaus and got to experience, you know, a little bit of life that he hadn't had in 17 years and, and, you know, kind of really got us attached to him because we didn't really, we never really got to know Ben. He was just like how he put it, uh, before was Klaus the sidekick a little bit, right? Mm -hmm. Never really got to know him very well. He was always yeah. in mind, you know, he was always in the mm-hmm. background, though. You were just like, it was comforting to know that he was there for some reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, you're right. That's a really good way to put it. Yeah, that's exactly right. And and now he's not. I just. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, now my he's gosh. Not. <laughs> that was terrible. Terrible. Um, that was a really good number three. Do you have anything else you want to say about that, Rich? Um. Oh, do you guys, what do you think he whispered to Vanya? <gasps> I don't know. I have no idea, but I really, really want to know. I know. That's the, this episode, they do that. They're like, uh, what are they? Oh, man, now we got to wait. I know. Yeah, wait. I don't know. I, I had I had zero guesses. I was just crying and thinking, oh, my gosh, what, what could he have whispered? And I was just trying to think of something, and I, I came up with nothing. I know. I, I'm I was clueless. Like, mm-hmm. Is it something nice? Is it something hateful? <laughs> is it a, I wonder is if it'll it be a, something the key snarky. to the apocalypse? <laughs> <laughs> right. Man. Some sort of, of big, like, magical revelation to it all, you know, or something. Right. right. The secret to life is... Exactly. <laughs> oh, he's gone. Damn, we missed oh, it. <laughs> he's gone. 42. <laughs> Sorry, Ben. Could have held that just a few seconds longer. No. That's, <laughs> that's really great. Anything else? Uh no, I don't wanna I don't wanna take it all up. <laughs> okay. You're the guest. You can do it do as you please. Yeah. You're the guest tonight. <laughs> all right, Paik, how about your number three? My number three is five five and Luther. Um, yes. <laughs> Which, man, this episode was quite a quote fest at the beginning. I was having fun with that. Um, but, you know, I've got a lot of quotes for the opening with the siblings, but we can get to that maybe at another time on here. But I love that it kind of opened with some fun quotes between older five and Luther walking and the younger looking five is just <laughs> just snapping at everybody that he's walking by. But uh, yeah. my favorite line out of that is... 
You know, it's like, yeah, is Luther saying, you know, I feel kind of bad for him. He's, he's just a little guy. And the older looking uh, five says, everybody's a little guy to you. You look like King Kong and the Hitler youth had a baby. That's pretty accurate in a way, though. I'll, I'll give him that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but then I couldn't tell. I was like, is Luther really just like completely gung ho on older fives plan or is he still very unsure about it and just bouncing back and forth like i don't know what i'm gonna do right and it looked like you know he was kind of deciding to go with that plan but then younger five caught right on to him was just like i know what you guys are planning you're gonna kill me what no (laughs) you're a terrible liar but and then five has this uh kind of logical thinking to him like yeah i might look young uh look younger but Technically, I'm 14 days older than him, so you I should. Seniority. I have seniority. You should listen to me. And he was like, "It's kind of weird that you're looking for a father figure with your brother." And then I, I laughed so hard when then five yells at him. This 13 year old looking kid yells at him in public with all these people around, going, "I'm the daddy here." It's <laughs> hilarious. Yeah, those must have been fun to write. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Oh, man. But it was really fun then to see them try to chaotically put these two plans together and then not be able to decide which one to go with. And so you end up having to have the two fives fighting each other. Yeah. To, you know, dancing with myself, playing throughout it as they're fighting with themselves. And Luther's just super annoyed the whole time with them doing that. And it, it... kind of ended with this really cool scene of the portal where you get to see kind of it running correlating with the pilot episode in the first season where they're watching five come through the portal. And so I actually went back and watched that scene of the first episode to see kind of how it lined up with it, which you only see like the older version for a little bit, but you do see the older version starting to come through. And then as he comes through, he becomes younger but I love how they played it in part with like the fire extinguisher being thrown through that Klaus threw through there and it hits Luther in the face. And... Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. That's cool. Yeah, but I guess now the older version is the one that would have gone back because Five figured out like what he had messed up with in the formula to get it to, the portal to work the right way. Or I don't know. I wonder if that's going to come back into play or not. Or maybe they just are going to let it go from there and be like, okay, we fixed that weird timeline problem. And now let's get back to the story at hand. Yeah. I know how weird to think about what, what does that look like now when five goes back in 2019 from like season one and he comes out, you know, as like this 13 year old kid or he's supposed to be 13. um, And now he's like, he should have been an an old man. So what does that do? you know, moving forward right? with the timeline, if anything, I don't know. Yeah. It might be another one of those things where they're just like, okay, let's just move on. Yeah. Let's not (laughs) Not think about about it too hard. hard. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Timeline corruption. It might be a a plot too, to keep the commission involved since that seems to be what Mm. they do. They seem to be uh, fixing the timeline or at least keeping tabs on it. Right. Yeah. That's true. Another good point. Unfortunately, it seems that they're, briefcase got cut in half in that sequence so now the other part of that plan where now they're supposed to take that to travel back to their right timeline and leave the 60s is now out of play so now they're all stuck 
<laughs> that, how about that Aiden Gallagher? It doesn't he plays a really good old man? Absolutely, he sure does. Such a young actor. I mean, he really is young, isn't he? He's like fifteen or sixteen or something. He like is. That. Yeah, I I mm-hmm. have not looked up his age. I remember he was a minor in the first season. He's still a minor in season two. And considering it takes a couple of years to you know get all of these out, he is still a minor. He's he's the youngest on the show. Yeah. Um, He's it's usually good. pretty hard for me to suspend belief when I watch a kid act like an adult, but this guy has me convinced. I'm yeah. like, man, he really is 60 years old or whatever. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I, I think almost every episode of the podcast this season, Pake and I have, have mentioned that. Like, holy crap, Aiden Gallagher, you we, you could really buy the fact that he's an old man trapped in a, a you know, a prepubescent, not, maybe not quite prepubescent, but a, <laughs> you know, a 14-year-old kid. Because right. he acts just like like his coffee obsession, you know, mm-hmm. his snarkiness. He just pulls off, you know, this this kind of wise, you know, but wise beyond his years. Yeah. You know, Short kinda. temper, grumpy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's, got his, he's, got his, he's got his mannerisms down. That's what oh, yeah. he's got. <laughs> he sure does. That's great. Yeah. We enjoy him greatly. He's he's really fine acting, and I feel like it's it wasn't that terrible during season one. Um, Aiden Gallagher was great last season too, but I feel like even everyone else has kind of stepped up their game a little bit too. You know, everyone's really great. I thought Klaus was always great, but I feel like a couple of the others have really kind of stepped it up um, as yeah. well this season and improved. And I love a lot that. more. All, yeah, a lot more depth out yeah. of like Allison and Diego and even Luther. Yeah, even Luther. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yep. Love that five. That's awesome, Pake. Anything else you want to say about your number three? That's it. Awesome. Well, my number three was Ben because that was what hurt the most for Uh me uh, in in this episode. And I feel like I've got to just get that out because that, you know, that really got to me. I I really felt for Ben. And I just thought, man, if, if you're not crying during the scene or if you don't at least just tear up or feel some sort of emotional pull at that, you better check yourself for a pulse. Yeah. You know? um, <laughs> and it, it did seem like you, you said, Rich, just fitting in some way that Ben was the one that was able to get through to Vanya. And man, the minute that he appeared over Klaus, because, you know, you're kind of just like, oh, man, they're all just getting taken out. You know, uh, Allison goes, you know, she's you know, taking some hits and then she gets taken out. Diego can't, can't do it. Hollers for Klaus. He gets the closest and you think, Oh, he's really going to do, he's right there at the door. Right. And he gets taken out. And then whenever Ben appears over him, uh, as he's laying on the ground and I just thought, Oh no, why do I feel like, I didn't know what was going to happen, but I just, it, something about Ben's face. Like he just was kind of like resigned, like Mm -hmm. it's going to have to be me. And he felt like, it wasn't going to be a a good turnout for him if he had to do this, but just something felt bad in that moment. Um, yeah. And then, yeah. And so then as he's able to finally kind of get through because he's, you know, more ghost and he's not quite affected by those. I, I think I, I don't fully understand Vanya's power either. I know it has something to do with the sound waves and I guess because you can't see sound, they make the, the visual for you is what I'm, I'm guessing. Um, and that's, how she's able or that's where most of her powers come from um so i guess they don't quite penetrate i still don't quite understand how it took out these fbi agents eyeballs and stuff i don't know if it was just <laughs> yeah. like the sound it penetrating like it was, yeah like you know um 
almost like dog whistles. You know how it is with dogs and it's like this extreme sound. You know, I don't know if it's something like some extreme sound to to them or something and it just like melts your brain or something. I don't know if that's what was happening or not, but <laughs> clearly not going to affect Ben uh, in that moment since he's a ghost. But he it did still kind of affect him because she is, I, I'm sure, has like some some kind of blocker like a like to her psyche you know because you could tell his he's like kind of trying to just gently grab her hand and you could you know feel and see something kind of between him like how he's trying to get through to her and how he just is able to then kind of possess her kind of like he did with klaus but only really to just penetrate her mind and be able to speak to her since you know you know no she wasn't responding to anyone you know allison was calling for her and um you know she's not responding uh so a really beautiful moment between the two. Um, like you said, Rich, just simple, simple dialogue between them. It wasn't super fancy, you know, yeah. and anything super profound, oh, but yeah. really loved how he was able to, to get through to her. And he didn't go there to try to control her or subdue her, uh, but really just reach out to her and, and tell her that she wasn't a monster, that she was his sister. And oh, man, some of those lines just hit me so, so deeply. Yeah. And I actually, if you want me to, I have the whole script on in my notes here because I have yeah, that whole conversation. Absolutely. Yeah, read it because out. Because I just wanted to like go through that because, oh man, it resonated so hard. But yeah, it mm-hmm. starts with him saying, Vanya, do you remember me? She says, I remember everything and I'm doing it again, aren't I? What's wrong with me? Why can't I control myself like the rest of you guys? He says, it's not too late. You can go back. There's still time. She says, I don't deserve to live. I killed Pogo. I almost killed Allison. I destroyed the world. I'm a monster. Ben says, dad treated you like a bomb before you ever were one. He was so scared of your power, he never let you use it. Drugged you up, kept you numb for years, and that's messed up, Vanya. No wonder you couldn't control it. Dad couldn't handle your anger, but that doesn't mean you can't. Maybe you have a right to be pissed off and sad and messed up, but it's a shitty world full of shitty people sometimes, and you aren't a monster. You're my sister. And right now, our siblings are risking everything out there trying to save you. You aren't alone at the table anymore, Vanya. You can do this. And then he starts kind of disappearing. She says, Ben, what's happening to you? He says, I can't go back with you. What do you mean? I'm hurting you, aren't I? He says, it's not your fault. I've been holding on as long as I can in here, but she says, you shouldn't have come for me. He says, Vanya, I died 17 years ago. All the rest of this, these years with Klaus, it's all been gravy. At least this time I get to say goodbye. Can I ask you a weird favor? says anything says, can you hug me as i go it's been a long time since and then the hug and he starts disappearing he says tell klaus something for me will you but like oh <laughs> i know i got chills just listening to yeah me. but the two lines that just broke me were the you're not a monster you're my sister and then just the it's been a long time since and then the hug itself i was like oh man <laughs> right yeah she reached out and grabbed him before he could even finish his sentence and i just yeah. i love that moment between between those two right um, it still made me a little nervous though i mean it's, it's oh, yeah. touching a goodbye as it was you know he was mm-hmm. saying things like you have a right to be pissed off and i'm like yeah but that's what made the first <laughs> apocalypse happen yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so there you know it really upped the ante with that yes and i put you on the edge of your seat yeah, well, I mean, because we've seen what she can do. She is extremely powerful. So, yeah, it is a little scary. But, you know, I, and I, but I, he does have a point, though. You know, I think that she's got a right to be pissed, too. But I think that, you know, she she can be pissed off, but doesn't mean she has to let her power escalate and get to that level. 
yeah. you know, where she does make like the FBI building explode or where she uh, causes the moon to split in half and crash to the earth, you know, and, and cause an apocalypse. You know, I think that's, you know, kind of, I think that I feel like that's what Ben was kind of trying to get through to her. Like, yeah. you know, you can be yeah. angry because, you know, there are shitty people and there it's a shitty world, but you can control it. You know, you don't have to let it get out of control. Right. Um, yeah. I love that line. He says, you're not alone at the table anymore. You know, yeah. Yeah. your siblings are here for you. And so, you know, you have them to, to lean on and you can control it because you're not alone. I love that. Yeah. And she probably did feel so alone for so long and, and isolated, you know, and, you know, they, you saw that a lot in season one, you know, where she wasn't ever allowed to train with the siblings. They would always get to go out on the missions and do these, you know, probably at that age, you know, fun, interesting, like little adventures. And they had a little bit of celebrity, a little bit of fame. And she was always off to the side and he'd Mm -hmm. he'd be like, you know, not you, Vanya, you know, you stay here with me or something like that. And she never got to be included. Um, So yeah, just letting her know that she, she wasn't alone. Yeah. was nice. So now we have, uh, now we can look forward to seeing a, an angry Vanya who can control her powers. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> I hope so. I hope so. It'd be nice to, to, you know, see her without being so destructive all the time that she can be powerful and control it and not kill everyone on the planet. <laughs> right. <laughs> please don't. Not yeah, again. Please, please don't. Yeah, not again. <laughs> Damn it, Vanya. Not again. <laughs> Gotta go to another timeline. Yeah. Um, be great okay. if she could stop making apocalypses happen. Yeah, yeah that'd be great. <laughs> that'd be great. Um, all right, that was that was a good discussion on that one, guys. Uh, Rich, yeah. what is your number two? Number two, um, I'm going to go with Hardgraves. Yeah. Now, that was a bombshell. Holy cow. Heck yeah, it was. Oh, yeah. It's funny how it takes 35 minutes to flush out all the other characters and their stories. And then it took, what, two minutes to drop this bombshell of Hardgrave <laughs> yeah. at the end. So he, so <clears throat> I got to wrap my head around this, right? Hardgraves <clears throat> supplied these, I don't know who they were. I guess they were uh, the mystery men. Did you guys just, know who they were? The Majestic the, 12. The Majestic 12 the is what they call themselves. Yeah. yeah. Right. And, uh, so Hardgrave supplied the Majestic 12 with rocket technology. I'm like, okay. And then they assassinated Kennedy so they could get him out of the way and beat the Russians to the moon. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay. moves pretty consistent with the timeline. And then when they arrive, it won't affect Hardgrave's interest in the dark side of the moon. And I'm like, <laughs> what? Oh, was, maybe he's going to build a moon base. Okay. It kind of makes sense. The moon seems to have a part to play in all this. And then, uh, and then, boom. He's an alien. Yeah. Now we know where he got that advanced rocket technology. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it does fit in everything, but it's like, what? And again, I'm not familiar with the comics, so I didn't realize this at the time, you know? And I'm just like, holy crap. Yeah. And, then the, and then after he reveals himself, the sunglass dude was like, uh, was surprised. In fact, they all seemed surprised. So that was interesting, too. Yeah, I do have, I had a little, a little spoiled, not because of the show or online, but because like I mentioned earlier with the comics is I own them, but I haven't read them because they were on like a deal. It was like five bucks a volume after the show mm-hmm. was so big. So I was like, I have to snatch those up just so I have them. And I did read like half the first issue just because I was like, I want to see how it compares a little bit. Mm-hmm. And so for people who read the comics, 
it's not a hidden secret. Like it immediately, it was like, it starts off kind of like this one did. It was like, oh, the, you know, these 40 something children were born, blah, blah, blah. And it was like, and then it gets into Reginald Hargreaves and he's like, he's, you know, uh, billionaire, philanthropist, celebrity, alien. Like it <laughs> lays that out right at the beginning. And you're like, oh, okay. Right so I saw now. that. And I was like, I haven't even touched on that on the show yet. So now that they have, I can mention it. Yeah. Well, for those of us that didn't, that was a, that was a pretty <laughs> revealing moment. I thought I was like, okay, now this is getting really interesting. Cause you know, I mean, how is this going to fit into the story overall? It explains some things, but it raises a lot more questions too. Mm-hmm. Yes, it does. Yeah. I read that too. I hadn't read the comics, but I, after I had seen the show and I was um, just looking for some articles or just trying to read up online a little bit about the episode, uh, someone did mention, uh, because they did read the comics, that it was exposed pretty quickly, like within the first several pages of that first um, issue that yeah. um, you find out you know, who he is right away. Or not too much about him, just that he is an alien, really. I don't know that you've find out everything about him but you at least know that but you know i thought that in um the finale of season one wasn't there a little bit of a teaser about that that he yeah you didn't see his alien face like here you know we got to see the back of his head you know he took Mm -hmm. the this reggie mask off and and it showed the back of his head and you're like uh what's going on here you know um (laughs) because in season one he still had his reggie face mask um but he was talking with someone and there were all these like spaceships uh, flying around them or he looked like he was on an odd planet so but it was very quick Mm -hmm. uh very you know not didn't reveal a whole lot and and so you're kind of like what's going on here you know so you kind you know maybe thought that but weren't quite sure because they didn't talk about it after that but now i think they've said well just in case you didn't know or you had any doubts Here it is. I, I almost yeah. wanted to kind of see what he was doing to those guys. He that, 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 know, didn't, that didn't sound very good. It sounded Off like he was just screen. ripping them to pieces pretty easily. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then this, you know, the Hardgraves, you know, took all their insults and all their threats with a grain of salt, it seems. And as he was walking out, it, it was only when the sunglasses dude said that they would tell the world who he really was you know, threatening to expose him, uh, you know, like a personal threat. That's when he got pissed off, turned around, took off his face and ate them or whatever he did. (laughs) But I I was surprised that they were surprised. I guess they didn't know. Mm -hmm. I guess maybe he didn't, they didn't know that he was as dangerous maybe. Uh, That's one of the questions now. It's like, who, who is he? I mean, yeah. Who is he really to humans? I guess. Yeah. Exactly. Not an alien. Exactly. Yeah, I don't know. And yeah, they, they seem to know who he was or what, what he was. But I'm like, well, if you knew, why are you pissing him off? You know? <laughs> I mean, I don't know that. I feel like I'm if I know an alien, I'm not going to piss that, that thing off. I don't know what he right? can do, what kind of weird spacey sci-fi technology he's got. He can, <laughs> you know, probe you and all your orifices that aren't pleasant <laughs> or has like superpowers or whatever. Uh I'm not messing with that, but they right. didn't seem to care. Be his best friend. Yeah, no kidding. Oh yeah, which then makes me wonder because if he's got like abilities, then it it lends to that theory of you know the reason that he adopted these siblings as many as he could to train them is he's the one that created them in the first place. This was all right. part of some plan, right? Yeah. Well, and 
you know, they were talking about his interest in the dark side of the moon, which immediately made me think of Pink Floyd. I can yeah. think of like nothing else. Uh, <laughs> I was like, oh man, now I can't think, I can't concentrate on the show because I got my mind on Pink Floyd. Um, when he sent Luther, he sent Luther to the mm-hmm. moon and wasn't he like on the dark side of the moon? What did he have? You know, because we're like, what the hell did he have Luther up there for? And what was he doing? And he was on this mission and... You know, so now it kind of sheds a little bit of light, like, oh, he's, I mean, we still right. don't know, but it's like, that must have been tied to, like, why he had Luther up there. He's interested, mm-hmm. you know, in, in that for some reason. Yeah. Not just being an asshole to Luther and sending him to the moon. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe a little column A, column B. I don't know. Right, right. Uh, now the moon's made a few appearances in these episodes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a good number two. Yeah. Do you have anything else you want to say about that, Rich? Uh, no, I think that's good. Okay. Paik, what's your number two? My number two is what I call Lila's Dilemmas. A little <laughs> bit. She's got a few that she's dealing with. Um, yeah. Firstly being Diego and his situation just kind of slipping off. And then she's talking to the handler and she's like, you knew he was going to do that. You're testing me, aren't you? And Handler tells her, everything is a test, darling. The question is, why are you failing it? And so it seems like the Handler knew that Diego wasn't going to go along with the commission. So now it was all just a ploy to make a deal with Lila. Now you have to kill him. And so she's just going to send Lila off to kill him, which we find out, yeah, she definitely won't do. We've all we've speculated this whole season. It's like, I think she really has feelings for him. And she does. She confides to Herb of all people that like, no, I love him. I'm not going to hurt him. <laughs> no, mm-hmm. but don't tell anybody. I told you that. You're right. Or I'll staple your coat to your nose and let you die under your own farts. <laughs> <laughs> Man, lots of fart jokes this episode at the beginning. Lots of <laughs> having fun with that. <laughs> yeah. But then her other dilemma turns into what this, you know, kill order 743 and mm-hmm. starts with AJ writing out 743 with the yellow rocks in his bowl to let Herb see that so that he goes and gets that case file and gives it to Lila, which ends up being the file on her parents. So like we talked about a couple episodes ago or whatever, that it was the commission going in, killing her parents as part of some kind of timeline restoration thing. Then the handler took her in. Which I figured she would have known, but I guess she was young enough and traumatized enough that it all just kind of vanished from her mind. Yeah. I don't know. But uh, then you're thinking, okay, so she's going to find out that the handler was behind it. And then she goes in and you're waiting for that reveal. And then she says, oh, it was five. And AJ is the one that put the order out. And AJ's looking scared and like, no, 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 no. That's not what I, <laughs> that's not what my plan was. I was like, why would AJ send Herb to get this file if it incriminates him? Exactly. So then I was like, did, you know, did it get switched out somehow? Or is Lila playing a long game and lying about what it says to see the handler's reaction? And maybe she's playing a game because I don't think she's that stupid. So, yeah, I don't know. Because then I was trying to figure out. Oh, it was. You didn't see. uh, So when they show the scene where the, the handler rubber stamps, you know, where she's, uh, she's, uh, I guess she's remembering. When she rubber stamped the order. It was A.J. Carmichael's name on the order oh, in right. the rubber stamp. So she stamped she it forged. for A.J., but it was okay. That, I mean, yeah. that a little She's bit. She's the one that... that Got you. Like okay, and theory. A.J. didn't realize that. He figured it was supposed to be her making that order, but she had already yeah. thought ahead. That makes more she, sense. Yeah, uh, she is conniving. Yeah. 
Yeah, she's definitely playing the long game. And so I guess that does mean that it really was Five that executed the order. He yeah, was just was. he was just the trigger guy. Yeah. yeah. Uh I think it was it was orchestrated all by the handler. Uh, I, I think that they just hand out the orders, you know, I, he just gets his order, you gotta go kill these people. And we've seen how ruthless yeah. he can be. And then we've also yeah. seen, you know, um, uh, Hazel and Cha-Cha in season one, you know, how and how ruthless they can be. You know, it's like, well, we've got this order and it doesn't matter who you are, what you did or what you didn't do. Um, mm-hmm. we, we have this order and they just take you out. So the commission I think says jump, we say how high. Exactly. Yeah. So I think <laughs> it was just like that with five. He gets this order, you kill these two people uh, and no questions asked. That's just what he does uh, Definitely, really, yes. really well. But for some reason, the handler wanted those people dead. So it makes you wonder still, we still have a lot of questions about that, right? Who, why her, I mean, and it could be insignificant. It could just be mm-hmm. because like that's their job is to correct the timeline but what was it about? It didn't seem like a legit order, right? Because the handler's orchestrating it. So yeah. it wasn't something it seemed to really correct the timeline. She didn't even know Lila was there. So it couldn't have been, well, I just have an affection for this little girl. I want to find out how I can somehow adopt her. I'm just going to kill her parents and you know, take <laughs> her as my adopted daughter. So that wasn't her plan. So why did the handler want these this couple dead? Yeah, why did there's she... still a lot of mystery around that. Yeah. For sure. I think she was going after Lila. Yeah, like maybe we've kind of speculated there is something special about Lila, and Handler yeah. knew that somehow, and oh, maybe. this was the plan. Well, because we did talk about how she was born in the exact same year, what, 1989, Yeah, uh, as the rest of the siblings, and that, that year that all of those 40-something children were born uh, by mothers who were never even pregnant. Yeah, so maybe Handler so. just made sure time-wise to get to her before... Reggie did. Maybe. It's interesting. Yeah. So I could totally buy now. Yeah. So that makes a lot more sense. I'm glad you pointed out the the stamp. And then I was like, oh, yeah. So eases a little bit of confusion I had there. But then, so yeah, I can pick up like, okay, so five definitely was involved. But then I think the handler might have stretched it a little bit too far. Hopefully, because I, I believe Lila is smarter than to buy all of the bullshit. Because I think once hand, the handler starts implicating Diego... And being like, oh, and that's why he was here is he's trying to cover for his brother and he's looking for this. I hope Lila sees through that. And she does a little bit. She questions like Diego wouldn't, you know, do that. I'm playing him. He's not playing me. And us knowing Diego, we're like, he has no idea what's going on with the commission, not even with his brother. Like that's so off his radar. Yeah. Well, it was and it was kind of disappointing. I'll be really, really disappointed if Lila falls every for everything that the handler is feeding her yeah she was she was pretty over the top once because the handler's getting ready to take her out when she, when lila comes in with this order and look what look what i just found out you know showing it to her and she's like getting something ready to stab her. i'm like man that is your adopted daughter you you, you really have zero loyalties <laughs> yeah. at all you know <laughs> You're supposed to, you know, care for her and love her. And I, I get who the handler really is, but I thought maybe she has some genuine affection towards her. But man, she was ready to take her out. And yeah. then when she realized, oh, she doesn't suspect me at all. I'm going to play play this off, you know. And I was like, man, she's laying it on thick. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, and and I would, I'm going to be really disappointed if Lila falls for for all of that hook, line, and sinker. Mm-hmm. So I was like, she's she's really, I think 
went too far with how yeah. much she was trying to implicate Diego and and all of that. So that that's brutal. Yeah, like you said, Pake, she she didn't miss an opportunity, man. Like immediately on the fly, she brings Diego into the mess and makes yep. him the bad guy. I'm like, dang, <laughs> ruthless. Yeah. And then she turns around after everyone leaves and looks at the fish, and I'm like, looks at AJ. I'm like, oh. Oh, what's she gonna do to that <laughs> he didn't bode well at all oh my god episode. I'm and you sick. notice not only did she like eat him but she purposely swallowed him whole so it wouldn't kill him yeah. like yeah take like that extra to get into a frat party huh <laughs> yeah no kidding make him suffer uh, as long as possible in that process oh my god i hope he's able to somehow do a little damage in there right uh, you know and get some revenge on her and turn her insides inside out or something <laughs> um, in revenge how terrible and gross i can't imagine swallowing a live well live anything but not a live gold oh come on you never did that <laughs> no hell no did you uh maybe <laughs> well i mean i'm i'm a big fan of raw oysters and technically oysters are still alive if you eat them raw yeah so it's all seafood right it's mm-hmm. all slimy oh man you guys <laughs> ick <laughs> All right. Well, I got to hear more about the story some other time, Rich. I want to. <laughs> I need more info. Can't just leave me hanging like that. Um, Pake, do you have anything else on your number two? I think that's it. Other than right. Lila calling Herb sweaty gerbil man, I thought that was fun. <laughs> <laughs> and then, oh, I had one more other quote that I liked was uh, the handler telling Lila, which I was like, oh, this quote might actually have to come into play sometime in my life because it's it's pretty deep. Handler tells her, blood is thicker than water, Lila, but you can drown in either. All right. Yeah. Very ominous. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, she's... Dang. She is something else. Can't yeah. All right. Well, my number two was five versus five. Um, I think we've already talked a little bit about that, but I, I did really enjoy the whole fight scene between the two. I thought it was really clever, uh, the way that they decided to orchestrate that fight between them uh time travel you know how five does his jumping and so they had both of them jumping and you know luther's kind of standing around still like he's like they're moving so fast that luther's just gotten kicked in the balls (laughs) by both of them (laughs) and he's still kind of bent over in in agony and he hasn't even come out of that yet like they're moving so fast that he's still bent over and they're just you know having their dance back and forth and that was super clever with the song choice that they had yeah. for for that um whole scene so i enjoyed all of that i love the whole interactions between five and luther and I'm really curious to see if, and maybe we won't, maybe it'll be something that they'll say for season three. If there's a season three, I haven't heard any news yet that it's been renewed. Uh, I, hmm. We typically don't get news like that right away. It's it's not often with very many Netflix shows that right away after a season is aired, when it's, even when it's really successful, you don't hear something right away. So right, yeah. um, it's, it's not uncommon to not have heard something yet, um, but still haven't heard anything yet. But I'm, going on to the hopes that there's going to be a season three anyway so if you know i'm guessing if you know there is a season three that they'll probably save you know 
what are the consequences or, you know, what, what happens now that the older five was kicked into the timeline and should actually still be his older self? How does that change? Like what's happening now? Does it really change anything? Maybe nothing. Maybe we'll just ignore that. I don't know. Like they <laughs> going to do some things, um, but really just enjoyed all of that. I, I loved, I enjoyed the banter, the farting, the, uh, you know, <laughs> maddening rampage you know um and young five just completely going all over luther and you know setting him straight about his daddy issues was absolutely Mm -hmm. hilarious so i think we've talked a lot about that i don't really have a whole lot to add but that was my number two um yeah i and yeah aiden gallagher gotta give it to him Mm -hmm. you know and i don't know who this older gentleman is that that's playing the older version of him but he you can definitely kind of feel like they are the same person yeah, he. I you mentioned know. it last week. Yeah, he nails a lot of those same mannerisms and the way he talks and carries himself. Did a yeah. really good job. His his sarcasm and how he delivers it. He, you can totally, at least for me, I can totally buy that. That's an older version of five mm-hmm. um, that we've come to know. So I love the seven stages of paradox psychosis too. <laughs> Denial, itching, extreme thirst and urination, excessive gas, acute paranoia uncontrolled perspiration and homicidal rage i was like wow that sounds like me when i'm in traffic i was gonna say that's yeah that's me and my commute every day when i still drove to work every day (laughs) i hit probably several of those every morning that's funny funny um rich what is your number one number one i'm gonna go with the commission so nice. this episode got me thinking about the commission and what their what the whole purpose for them is in this plot or you know in the story. And again, mm-hmm. I apologize; I'm not familiar with the with the uh, with the comics. But as far as I can tell, it's an organization that oversees and manages the space time continuum, right? Yeah. So yes. they got uh, their their main job is to basically make sure that that events that are supposed to happen happen. And, and to do this, they have agents ready to travel around and and basically uh, kill, you know, remove anyone that poses a threat to the space-time continuum or themselves and their jobs. And now it's been taken over by the handler, who's absolutely ruthless. And she used five to slaughter the board of directors, which was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, so what... So what is the connection? So this episode got me thinking because you had the whole Hardgrave thing reveal at the end. Mm-hmm. And then you have the commission that we're starting to become familiar with now. And it's like, how do the two tie together? What's the connection between what Hardgrave is doing yes. on Earth mm-hmm. and the commission? You know, because all this time they've been kind of, you know, separate stories. Are extraterrestrial threats outside of the realm of the commission? Are they only in Earth space-time continuum commission right <laughs> yes and his hard grave and his alien buddies if he has any are they the one that's screwing up the time continuum on purpose maybe you know it's like mm. uh mm. i was trying to figure this out and it was hurting my brain yeah. oh. <laughs> time travel trails can do that to you <laughs> <laughs> right yeah i don't know do you guys have any theories I don't because <laughs> like you just said, I, if I start thinking about it too much, my brain starts to hurt too. Anytime we start talking about time travel, any show that has any time travel, it just, I'm just like, Oh no, I have right. to talk about this. This is not going to be good. I'm not going to sound very articulate or educated at all. Um, I'm not sure. I, I was trying to look at, and that's 
part of my number one too, but I don't want to go into it too far. It was just trying to understand exactly which event seemed to spiral this huge alert at the, at the um, commission and what they were like, wow, this is, this is really bad. And that the handler was willing to kill and didn't get his name, but that poor guy who was monitoring this event. Uh, But, you know, just prior to that is when we saw Reggie um, kill all the whole Majestic 12. Well, we didn't see it, but we know he was doing something ominous. Um, Right. And I was like, well, what does that do with the timeline that he's because these are these are pretty powerful guys, right? These are supposed to be like that secret government that we always hear these conspiracy theories, you know, we talked about in X-Files, you know, they, there was like the secret government cigarette smoking man, which is who that guy in the sunglasses reminded me of. He always had a cigarette in his yeah. hand and he reminded me a lot of the cigarette smoking man from X-Files because he was the one that kind of was the mover and shaker, you know, in, in, in their little organization. So these guys made things happen. I mean, they plotted out the JFK assassination. They, they're making these things happen. So what impact do their deaths have to do with the timeline? And so I thought, right. is, is this what's causing this big red alert? But I don't know that that's what it was. I think it had more to do with Harlan. Um, yeah. Than yeah. Reggie. Like, we need to prepare for war. It's like, damn. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Like what the hell is she talking about? Which I'm guessing that's why they're saving it for the finale, which makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, it does feel like something big is on the horizon, huh? Because mm-hmm. it's like people are dying over this. I mean, it, uh, the entire board of directors have been slaughtered. All the uh, the 12, Magnificent 12, mm-hmm. they've all been slaughtered. It's like people are dying for reasons we don't understand yet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Lots of lots of people have died. Gosh, we had the uh, two. Well, and we still haven't seen that final Swede yet. The two Swedes died out of that, that threesome, the three brothers. There's... There's one that just now when I was thinking about them and, and everyone that died, he's still lingering out there and he's got it out for the handler. Mm, we haven't, we right. haven't seen him. Ooh, that's we didn't see him this episode. <laughs> uh-uh. And he's he's got mm. it out for her. So, But yeah, we had the Swedes die. Poor Elliot died. You know, we lost him a couple episodes ago. Ben yeah. kind of died again. Um, <laughs> 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 There's a lot of agains with these uh, episodes. Huh? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You said thrown in timeline. Oh, yeah. This messes with my brain. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I wish I had a good answer. I really don't. Um, but I think that you hit it spot on as far as, you know, who they are and kind of what they do. But I'm not really sure what it is that's happening here. Um, and what, if anything, um, as far as like what Reginald did to the Majestic 12, how that plays a role in what she's yeah. referencing. That's one of the things I appreciated about this episode, too, is that it made me think of this. It's like beforehand, I was just kind of drooling as I watched the show. You know, it's like, oh, the commission over here. And then it's like, oh, you know, the, the Umbrella Academy over here. I never really bothered to try and put the two together until now. Hmm. That'd be interesting. I'm kind of in the same boat with Rima. I'm like, I, it's a great question, but I can't help you. I don't have anything for you. Oh, no. Yeah, I'm just curious. Like, have to yeah. see. And I don't have the background. I haven't read the comics and, you know, I don't know if if it explains it there or not. So I, I certainly don't have that to help either. Yeah. All things haven't been said. It sounds like I should read the comics, huh? <laughs> I, I hear they're really great. I heard they're great. So, yeah, I've been holding off on them just because I don't want them to 
to cloud my my thinking and judgment on on the show is you know if they do a season yeah. three and stuff was we you know continue to watch them i like i wouldn't right, surprised uh, by this stuff i wonder that's a good point it's always that way huh it's <sighs> like oh no it might ruin what i got going on here <laughs> yeah absolutely i i wonder if there's a guide or something i mean i don't know how much of the comics is been covered in the show i don't know if there's some type of guide that can say you know if you've watched season one and two of umbrella academy you can go up to this like edition or something you know in the comics and before you get spoiled so you can kind of you know maybe get up to that point i don't know that but i know that like i I could do a little bit of that with lock and key when jason and i were covering lock and key Uh, i was wanting to I had started to read the comics and I hadn't gotten, uh, I'd only finished the first one and I was trying to just kind of read as I go, but they kind of went um, a lot out of order. So I was like, maybe I'm going to wait until the <laughs> end because they were definitely very much going out of order. They were pulling things from like volume five and six. And, you know, I was like, Oh gosh, I don't want to, I don't want to get spoiled really if I don't have to. So I saw but I, I I'm curious if there's something, a, a guide out there that someone can help and say, well, just, just read this one or read that one and you're, you're fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah. That was a really good number one. Anything else you want to say about that, Rich? Uh, no, uh, I'll just talk myself into more of a stupid corner. <laughs> no, <laughs> not at all. <laughs> not We're right away with you. <laughs> we, yeah, this I, I cannot talk intelligently at all when we start talking about this time travel stuff. It just, it, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Anyway, Pake, what's your number one? All right. My number one was Ben, but we covered that pretty well. So I actually brought in some backup topics just in case. Cool. <laughs> uh, so I, I was like, well, just in case we've got three people jumping around with ideas. So I'll say my number one is the Cooper family. Is there no uh, Carl, Sissy, and Harlan? Oh, Yeah. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. We haven't talked about them yet. Um, just a definitely. If I didn't already hate Carl, then <laughs> it, it definitely solidified that in this episode before he met his demise. Because I was just like, you know, as as somebody with a background with like special needs and stuff, and again, you know, you make these excuses, whatever. Oh, it's the sixties, and they don't understand this and that. But I was like, seriously, you know, Harlan finally says a word. And your first thing that you jump to is, oh, something's definitely wrong with him and he needs to be sent away. Right. Like, yeah. I thought that's what you're like waiting for. But then it's all, it's just him trying to get back at Sissy because he is slighted by who she is and the fact that she's in love with Vanya. And it's like, okay, I, I get it to extent of why he'd be upset. But then the way that he goes about it, once you start undermining like the, you being upset by using a, a child especially a special needs child as a pawn in that fight. Yeah. Then yeah, you're done. You're done with me. And so I was like, you know, I almost wanted to feel a little sorry for him when he died. But then I was like, no, after exact quotes being, I never blamed you for the boy or you, you don't get to ask for more than that. I was like, ah, fuck him. <laughs> Just let it. Yeah. <laughs> you deserve what you got there, Carl. Yep. Yeah. I don't think anybody feels bad that he's gone. No, no. And Sissy was finally just over it and done with his crap. So that was nice to see her stand up for herself there. And then, you know, with their struggling over the gun, Harlan would have been killed in that situation. But then we see that that connection that we've noticed between him and Vanya actually was him 
adapting her powers. He has her same powers. To what extent, to what control, we don't know. But, you know, it's the same thing we've seen in Vanya, where out of just the powers reacting outside of her, stopping bullets from hitting her, the same thing happened to Harlan here. Right. It's like a reflex. Mm-hmm. So what kind of implications does that have? I mean, obviously, that's the... Harlan has now become an anomaly in the space-time continuum that the commission is seeing. And then the handler has decided to kill the only person who knows about it in the commission so far before the commission actually gets spread that information. She wants to take care of it herself or she calls somebody and says, you know, we're going to start a war over this. So, ooh, what the hell's going to happen next? (laughs) I don't know. A lot to unpack. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's a good point, Paik. It's like it must have been off the charts because she's like, "We're get get all get everyone available." Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what was going on in that barn. Somebody with superpowers who's not supposed to have superpowers in any timeline. I guess that <laughs> would throw up some red flags. <laughs> right, yeah. right, and and Carl being dead when maybe he wasn't supposed to be, and and that probably even just even though he's a piece of crap, you know, mm-hmm. still has maybe some implications uh, to the timeline. But yeah, I, I I feel like, you know, yes, there was some type of exchange that happened when Vanya pulled Harlan from the lake and was trying to revive him. You know, there was something happened there. They made that really clear. Just I don't understand, you know, does, so I guess that answered our question in this episode. Yes, he does seem to have some power because at first I thought they're just somehow connected, you know, psychically yeah. or something, you know, that um, they now have a more powerful, like they already had a, a good bond, you know, even before that, you know, Harlan and Anya seem to have a really great connection. Uh, but now there's, it seemed to be a, a stronger connection through whatever exchange of power that, that she yeah. um, had with him. And now he actually does seem to have power. So yeah, what what? Yeah, because it was like mean? her, you know, kind of a version, a superpower version of CPR, where mm-hmm. she revived him by giving him a part of her life force, which includes her powers. Ooh. Yeah, more dimensions to her powers, <laughs> man. Yeah, we we speculated on that too. It's like, well, can Vanya bring people back from the dead? Because he seemed. He seemed pretty gone. Did you bring back Ben? Now that's all I care about. Let's move on now. Yeah. <laughs> right, yeah. It's like, well, <laughs> what about your brother? Yeah. <laughs> bring back Ben. Yeah, we specu- speculated on that too. It's like, well, we know that, yes, her powers have something to do with sound waves and, you know, um, making things move using uh, sound. Uh, but, wow, didn't know that this was possible uh, when mm-hmm. she was able to revive him through that whatever power exchange or whatever. I'm not really sure what to call it even. Um, But he, he definitely is, has the ability to, to turn that around on someone. And he certainly did. That was quite shocking. I know I kind of went, Whoa, you know, what, what was that? Uh, I didn't expect that to happen. I know I was going, Oh my gosh, no, because you know, the gun was like going towards him and I was like, Oh my God, if they kill this kid, (laughs) you know, (laughs) I'm going to, I'm going to be just completely heartbroken because like I said, Pake, it was just absolutely disgusting the way his own father was treating him. You know, yeah. I know it was a whole different, like people didn't understand, you know, like there's, there's, you know, been more research and more understanding of, you know, uh, of kids with different needs. And, you know, I, I get that there were limitations to that, but at the end of the day, it's still your child. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. you know, no matter 
if your child has special needs or not to use them as a pawn like that, like, like he did, you know, when he was threatening Vanya, you know, even to say, you know, well, if, if you don't go, then I guess I have to take Harlan, you know, to some, Mm -hmm. you know, special place where he can get the help that he needs. And then he does it again here, you know, with Sissy. And it's like, you know, I don't care how much you try to be the good guy here that you just don't do that to your kid. I don't care. And I don't care if they, you know, uh, need help or not, you know, you just don't do that. Mm -hmm. So, so yeah, wasn't sad to see him go and, um, thought he pretty much got what he deserved. Yeah. (laughs) I like how Sissy's country accent really started to come out too when she was getting pissed. Oh, it sure did. (laughs) Oh, it sure did. I'm asking, Carl. (laughs) I was really proud of Sissy in that moment, too, when she when she raises up that shotgun and, you know, then she uh, he's kind of mouthing to her and she pumps that shotgun and she's like, and I think you really need to I can't I'm going to paraphrase, but I think you really need to watch how you talk to me. And I was like, oh, yeah, (laughs) like, like, good for you, girl. Stand up for yourself and realize you don't have to take that shit. You know, you don't have to be, you know, that a housewife that gets belittled by her alpha male husband. You know, Um, I love that. I love that she she took control like that. Yeah. You know, kind of put her foot down. So that was a a really great empowering moment, I thought. And I was really proud of her. Yeah. It's awesome. Well, that was actually my number one too. So. Oh, <laughs> no, it's okay. It's okay. And I didn't have a backup or anything. And we've talked about pretty much about all of my other backups too. So we kind of covered just about <laughs> everything there. So, um, but it was a good conversation, I think. And that's really my whole point with, you know, I, I just like having a conversation and talking these things out. They don't have to be specific, you know, everyone have their own thing. So, um, does anyone have any notes? Rich, do you have notes? Oh, uh, yeah, I got a few. Okay. I liked it when Klaus, uh, at the beginning of the episode, when they were trying to get to Vanya, Klaus tells Diego just before he runs out, he's like, you look like Antonio Banderas with the long hair. <laughs> oh, it's so good. I just thought you should know. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Diego man. Like, it's funny. Yeah, it's like made him feel good. Like, yeah. Thanks, man. <laughs> Who like, wouldn't I, want to look like Antonio Banderas, I, I guess. But it was oh, yeah. it was so serious at first because he's like, if if you don't make it back, there's one thing I need to tell you. And he's like, oh, God, what is it? <laughs> you look like Antonio Banderas. <laughs> yeah. Who doesn't want to be told that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Yeah. Antonio Banderas from Desperado with Selma Hayek. <laughs> Hell mm. yeah. Okay, not Selma Hayek. But, or she's hot too. But Antonio Banderas. Hell Yeah. <laughs> I liked him in Expendables, too. I was like, yeah. Oh, hell yeah. Still got it. Rich, you and I are definitely in that same mindset with movies. One day, man, we're going <laughs> to sit, we're gonna sit and, and watch some 80s movies. Just like All action all the time. Okay. I know. Yeah, that's cool. Heck yeah. I liked it when um, uh, Five <laughs> grabbed uh, Luther and it was like, I know your feeble mind only responds to age and authority. <laughs> <laughs> That sounded funny coming from such a young guy. Yeah. I know. But he said it like an old guy. It's like, yeah, he's a good actor. He mm-hmm. is. He's really good. Um, oh, yeah. We already mentioned the dancing with myself. I didn't catch that the first time. I only caught it the second time. That was pretty funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that, yeah, that does it for me. That's all my notes. Awesome. Yeah. Peak? 
notes? Um, yeah, I've got a few. Um, I say again, I had some, yeah, I liked some of the stuff there at the beginning uh, where we kind of picked up right where we left off last episode. Another Klaus quote that I loved is he was just, he's, uh, he's like, I think she'll understand if I'm not the one that does it because she knows what I am. What I am is sexy trash. <laughs> I'm getting a t-shirt made. Right. That's and great. I'm wearing it all the time because I, I felt that. I was like, yep. And I made a little note where Diego's using the knives to crawl across, crawl across the floor. I was like, that's kind of badass. That's a total Banderas move. That's right. Um, Yeah. Oh yeah. That was cool. huh? And then, but then you're like, why didn't he get farther than Klaus? Right. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Then Klaus amping him up was another quote that I really liked where he's like, Tom's like, you can do this. He goes, you fought in Vietnam. You survived a family of seven. You once wore a sarong to a fraternity party and got a shitload of numbers. (laughs) (laughs) Which I think is really funny. Then uh, let's see, title card watch. I like doing that. Is when uh, Ben is walking into the room where Banya is at. It's really dramatic. Oh. Where it had the title pop up in the doorway and then the umbrella cover up Ben. Thought it was cool. Yeah. Oh right, yeah. Typically, that was cool. <laughs> typically not a big uh, fashion person, but I did have to make note of what the handler was wearing. She had this like, mm-hmm. dress with like little spiders, bejeweled spiders all over it. And then like the neck piece was like this big spider web with a big like spider brooch on it. And her gloves had little spiders on it. I was like, okay, that's actually really cool. <laughs> Definitely very, very over the top, very much like the handler. Uh, yeah. But yeah, very interesting. I, I had a lot of fun, you know, it was hard for me sometimes to pay attention to like what was happening in the scene. Cause I was like staring at her, her whole wardrobe and her dress. And I'm like, what is that? And well, what's this over here? And, you know, trying to capture uh, some of the detail. So yeah, I loved it. I love her, her wardrobe. Yeah. Even yeah. She's a bad and person. always, always your eye is drawn to the little bullet hole in her head. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. And then I think that's about all of my notes, except for the music, which I like to do after you throw in your stuff. So, Yes. Well, I don't have a whole lot of notes that we haven't already covered, but one quote that I, I uh, wasn't sure uh, if anyone else was going to pick up on, but five to his other five said, I can do this all day. Anyone <laughs> get the reference for that? Yes. Oh, um, yeah. The Captain America. Yeah. Yeah, I love right that. I love that. Um, definitely a good callback to a, a scene, which I'll try not to get into too much in case it is spoiler for others. But definitely uh, a good callback to it was Endgame, right? Because yeah, uh, with Captain yeah, originally came up in one. Civil War. Okay, okay, that's what I remember from. Like mm-hmm. I, said, I just watched it last weekend, so that's what's more fresh in my head. Yeah, um, went on a total binge with with Marvel. But yeah, that is in Endgame too. I think is like a callback to that. So yeah, yeah, everything was a callback in Endgame <laughs> to something else. For yeah. Sure. But yeah, that's <laughs> right. Yeah, but it, but it, specifically in Endgame because of that scene and yeah. what happens in that scene <laughs> to what happens in this scene in Umbrella Academy. So definitely a super fun kind of. I feel like a, a little Captain America reference. Yes. Um, and then yeah, that's cool. I, think, I didn't. I didn't catch that. I didn't either. I like it. Yeah, it was fun. They 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 throw some nice little things in there sometimes, and and sometimes I wonder is that on purpose? And then I'm thinking eh, it's got to be on purpose. These guys are, are pretty clever uh, with with their lines and what they throw in there. So, and I know that they're inspired, you know, by um, lots of other comics and things like that because they're right. fans. So it makes sense. That's, 
the whole superhero genre. It makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, and then I think we covered most everything. And yeah, just the sexy trash. I'm again. <laughs> I'm gonna get a t-shirt made. <laughs> Wear it all the time. Uh, I think that covers it for me. So, Paik, if you want to uh, provide us with the music for this yeah. episode. Not a whole lot, which I think as we get to the end of the season, their music uh, <laughs> budget is kind of run out, I think, yeah. in a lot of ways. Yeah. A lot of, they had to <laughs> but, spread it out. Yeah. yeah. But we had some really fun ones in here. Uh, of course, we mentioned it quite a few times. Generation X, Dancing With Myself, while Five is fighting with himself. And then I threw this one in here because I was like, eh, why not? <laughs> Johann Sebastian Bach. Throw it up for some Bach. Got the yeah. violin, yeah, right. violin partita number two in D minor. You know, yeah, that banger. Yeah. Nice. While Ben is looking for Vanya in her mind, and then I love the episode ends while the handler is making that call with the song "Here Comes the End" by Gerard Way featuring Judith Hill. Which, in case people don't recognize Gerard Way, not only is he the lead singer of a band called My Chemical Romance, but he is also the creator of the comic books. He yes. is the mind behind the Umbrella Academy. Oh, wow. He is indeed. I'm a so, fan of My Chemical Romance, so yeah. So it didn't cost too much to get that music, I'm sure, having the creator <laughs> of the show be the one who's singing it. <laughs> right. And I think he wrote it for the show. I think it was a new, or at least it was a new song. Nice. That I think is what I read. So yeah. That's super cool. Okay, is that it for music? That's it. Awesome. I know something I was curious about before we move on um, to the rest of the the podcast there. Uh, I'm curious, Rich, because um, you, you've watched uh, both seasons. Uh, who's your favorite character on the show? You know, I'm going to have to say five. Yeah? It it goes back and forth, you know, and as, as messed up as he is and, you know, he's he's got a particular perspective on how things work in the universe because he's he's a time traveler. Mm -hmm. So I, I like, I like, and I don't like where he goes with, you know, uh, what he's trying to do and his ideas about how to stop the apocalypse and where to go and stuff like that. But I find it fascinating. And so above everything else, I think that's what makes him my favorite, but I, I like superhero movies. I like exploring the powers of people mm -hmm. and you know, um, uh, Luther, he's the, he's the big, strong guy, right? Super yes. strength guy. Yep. I get frustrated with him because I'm like, show your strength. <laughs> he doesn't ever really show it that He's much. He's like the you most know, sensitive which... out of all of them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. It reminds me of all those big, huge buff dudes, you know, from Marvel and DC where their weakness is their minds, yes. not their bodies, you know. Yes. So, you know, but uh, I love, I love the whole super strength thing. So he probably would be my favorite if you do something every now and again. Right. Good point. So did you enjoy the opener well maybe i don't know if it was the opener but in the first episode when five gets dumped into 1963 and he's like right in the middle of the war and he stepped yeah. out into the street and then here's all the siblings with they just seem to be in like full power mode right like they're all yeah. kicking ass what did you did you love that scene what'd you think 
Oh, let's just say I watched it probably about five times in a row. Yeah, yeah, good. Me too. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. It's Same. like, whoa, nice introduction. Rewind. Yeah, rewind. Yeah, because you wanted to like, because some of them kind of happened fast, right? And you, you felt like yeah. you were almost missing something. Like, well, what was he doing or what was she doing, right? Exactly. That's what you do. You rewind it and then you just pick one character and you watch him. And then you rewind <laughs> it and you pick the next character and you just watch that character and you're just like, oh, okay. Yeah. It was- <laughs> Slowly figuring it out. It was pretty awesome. I mean, they were all really feeling their powers in, in that episode, and that was so fun. And I, oh, I hope that's not all we're gonna see of that. That little, you know, I don't even know how long that scene was. It felt like less than a minute. Um, you know that that we got to. See yeah. that. I was like, man, is that all we're gonna get? You know, and, and how do they get to that point? We've speculated all, you know, um, as we've talked about it all season. Like, are we gonna get there? Are we gonna get them to see? the development and, and, um, you know, a movement towards how powerful they are. You know, like we got to see powers out of Klaus we hadn't seen before. Uh, right. we knew Allison could do the, I, I, you know, I, I heard a rumor, but she was like blowing people's minds, like literally <laughs> hadn't seen that <laughs> like before. Blowing their heads up. Yeah. You know? So yeah, getting to see all these fun things and getting to see Diego really, you know, like bending the metal and bending those bullets and things like that was totally badass. So, um, yeah. I, I was really curious what you thought about this thing. Cause I know, again, you and I are very similar in what we enjoy. And I was like, I bet Rich loved that. <laughs> totally. that I, I even called my daughter. I'm like, Hey, Samantha, come here, check this out. This is cool. Did she like and it? We watched it together. And then she's like, you're an interesting guy, dad. And I walked out of the room. <laughs> Kids. <laughs> I'm like, Whatever. You don't know nothing. Yeah. Gosh, that, that, that sounds very familiar too. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome well i yeah i was really curious about that whenever you um i don't think we ever had a chance to really you know kind of talk about it or geek out about it but since you're here i thought it'd be a great opportunity to kind of see who your favorite character was and what you thought about that that scene as well that's awesome yeah it's hella cool that that is also ties into my number one superpower like if i could you know yeah age-old question if you could choose a number one superpower what would it be uh-huh. mine would be teleporting it's Hell, the thing yeah. i dream about like you five know, <laughs> Yeah, not necessarily time travel. That sounds a little complicated for me. I can't do the math. Oh, right. <laughs> but uh, that, sounds, that seems important. Just teleporting, going from one place to another place instantaneously. It's just like sometimes I just daydream about that. It's like, man, that would be so cool. I yeah. I, I do as well. It's it's uh, I'm I'm with you, Rich. That's out of all the superpowers, and it's a hard decision to make when you think of all the possibilities. But I'm with you. If I could do teleportation like Doctor Strange. Uh, or, or other superheroes, but Doctor Strange was always one of my favorites. Or even doing like an out of body, you know, uh, like Doctor Strange yeah. does, where you can kind of leave your body, but you're still kind of a physical presence in a way. Um, yeah, I that'd be cool. Too. Absolutely love to do something like that. Uh, and and yeah, I'm I'm a full grown adult, and I still think about that. Like, <laughs> what? Where would I go if I right now if I could? <laughs> Especially on your commute, huh? Yeah, absolutely. Save so yeah. much gas money just being in and out of places. No kidding. Yeah, kidding. I'd probably be super fat though because I'd just be going around the world eating stuff. <laughs> I'm just here for the on food. my lunch hour. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. That's hilarious. Pick what superpower would you have if you could? Do you know? Oh man, uh, put you on the spot. Just because I can be really lazy a lot, I think I daydream about telekinesis a lot. I can just oh. move things and do things without yeah, having to yeah, get up cool. or if I'm just, if somebody's annoying me, just eh, go away. Um. Yeah. I would use it for That's housework. 
Yeah, they're, they're both best. based on laziness. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> we want to tell. We want to go to the object by teleporting. You just want to bring the object to yeah. you with telekinesis. <laughs> yes, that's funny. Oh gosh, that was really good, guys. All right. Well, it is time then to move to the next part of the podcast, and that is our listener feedback portion. So, strangely enough, didn't get any feedback this week on uh, Facebook. So. I don't know, guys. Where, where are you at? Are you just too depressed about Ben to, <laughs> to write in? What's going on here? Um, that's okay. Totally fine. Um, hopefully, we'll make up for it in the next episode. Don't leave us hanging, guys. Um, but we did get a couple of calls. First one that we have is from our good friend, Daphne. Hi, Rima and Paik. I'm sending my feedback for Umbrella Academy Season 2, Episode 9743. Such a great episode, but also really rough to watch. Had to have the tissues handy for this one. First, I want to say that listening to your episode last week did change my opinion of the episode. Since you guys pointed out a few things I hadn't really considered. But moving on to this episode. No! We were able to see so much of Ben this season and get to know who he is a little bit more and... I've become attached. And then he makes the ultimate sacrifice to save Vanya. Their conversation was so powerful, truthful, and sad. He comforted her by validating that her father never really gave her the opportunity to learn about and understand how to control her powers. It was so emotional when he tells her she's not alone at the table anymore. What a touching and incredible moment to see her hug him while he disappears. All the feels, oh my gosh. Luther had his hands full, keeping five and five in check as they seemingly hit homicidal rage stage seven in the paradox psychosis. I loved the dancing with myself playing during their fight scene. It goes without saying that whoever comes up with the music choices for this show has hit it out of the park yet again and has all season. So, what the heck is Hargreaves? Is he an alien? Moral of the story is, don't try to blackmail an alien. Looks like Reggie eliminated the Majestic 12. Good times. I can't believe that we're at the end of the season with just one more to go. This is the first time that I've gone week to week with a show instead of binging it. And it's been so much fun to follow along with you guys. So, I look forward to hearing what you think of this episode and can't believe we're at the end. Thanks, guys. Thank you, Daphne. Mm-hmm. I didn't know she was hanging in week to week with us, so that's awesome to hear. Yeah. So the next message that we have is from our good friend, Steve Brown. Hey, Pekin Rima, this is Steve, and I just realized I've forgotten to send a voicemail in for uh, Umbrella Academy uh, season episode season two episode nine. I'm prepping for my uh, my own podcast. Shameless plug there for panels to pixels, and uh, uh, so just two really quick things that I just wanted to share. That I know you're going to talk about the music, but that cover of Dancing with Myself is just really outstanding, and I can't wait uh, to hear. Uh, Paik, hear you talk about the music. But uh, the only other thing that I'm, again, I'm making this one really quick, 
is this is the shortest episode of the entire season. It clocks in at about 40 minutes, I think, and all the rest of them are, are well over 40 minutes, close to 50 minutes, most of them. So uh, really a short episode, but uh, good setting us up for the finale, which I can't wait to watch after uh, after I get to podcast about uh, this uh, episode nine. And I can't wait to hear what you guys think of this episode nine. All right, talk to you later. Thank you again, everyone, for their feedback. Thank you, Steve. Um, we love the shameless plugs around here. Uh, we, we always enjoy um, plugging you, your podcast with Mark, uh, Panels to Pixels, um, even if you are covering the same same show, but that's okay. Uh, More Umbrella Academy is always better. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yep, totally. So, so, yeah, I'm really anxious to watch watch the next episode because um, I ha- you know, have not seen that yet. We are week to week here, but... Um, I think I did did learn that that you've seen it, right, Rich? <laughs> yeah. That's okay. I did. I couldn't wait. It's yeah. that's okay. <laughs> we we never, you know. I'm always honored when people are like, "I'm hanging in with you guys week to week," because it is hard not to watch. You know, you know, when you're really into a show and going ahead and watching all of it, it's you know, it's just different when you're podcasting you, on it. You, you, you fooled me. You were good because <laughs> I had you, a, you didn't let anything slip, so. You did a yeah. great job keeping it. It was actually pretty hard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I know. I feel, I was like, oh, no. When I, when I remember when I asked you and you're like, you know, and I was like, oh, gosh, you finished this the ride. I was like, are you going to be okay to be able to like talk about it without, you know, letting the finale color this episode? And you did a great job. Yeah. Thanks. So I would have never known. I was dying. <laughs> <laughs> they don't know. They don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah, like if you, you did can it. See the future. It messes you up, man. <laughs> Thank you so much, Rich, for for joining us this week. This has been so much fun. It has. Thanks for inviting me. I, uh, uh, that was awesome. Uh, like even now, I like it even more. The whole show. Oh, good. Yay. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, I I was really excited that you that you took the time out of your busy schedule uh, to join us. It, it's really an honor to have you on here. And and I just I didn't get enough, man. Didn't get enough from Cobra Kai. I was like, I got to bring Rich back, man. I got to <laughs> have more Rich in my life because you know we're we're kind of on hiatus a little bit with Cobra Kai. You know, because we don't know when season three is coming out. We know it's going to be 2021, but is it going to be like January? Is it going to be, you know, we don't know. So we're kind of on highs with that. And then you and Jason uh, and, and Chris, right? Chris is coming back. Yeah, as far as I know. Okay. Awesome. So, yeah, you guys are getting ready, you know, get back to the Mandalorian and, you know, kind of get back to that. And I'm kind of like, well, I don't I still talk to you guys. <laughs> you <know? laughs> well, you'll have to come guest on the Mandalorian, both of you. I would love to. I would love to. I, that would, I would be, be a blast. I'd love that. <laughs> Heck yeah. yeah. That would be super fun. Um, well, you know, I'd love to have you on again sometime too. So think about that. If if there's ever something that you would like to come back and join us for, let me know. Right on. I would love be honored. Awesome. Yeah. Well, Always welcome here. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. So next week we'll be covering the finale, season two, episode 10 from the Umbrella <sighs> Academy. I know we're here, guys. The end <laughs> of something. Hmm. And I did not put a description down because I'm not getting spoiled again Mm-mm. on that. So we'll just, um, you know, kind of we, we know something's happening. We'll leave it at that. Yeah. <laughs> so what happens is. No. <laughs> <laughs> That's so evil. That's so evil. (laughs) 
Well, we're, we are really excited for you to follow us through time, but until then, you can follow us on Twitter at Strange TCast. You can like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Stranger TCast. You can check us out on Instagram at strange underscore indeed underscore pod. And check out Paik and Rima. Uh, you can email them to strangerthingscastpod at gmail.com. Did I say that right? You did. <laughs> you can also yeah. find us on the TV Time app. Cool. You can find Strange Indeed and a bunch of other great podcasts at podcastica.com. Go out and leave a review for Strange Indeed on Apple Podcasts. Lots of great podcasts. Like we've mentioned House Podcastica. We wrapped up um, Cobra Kai. Um, Rich, Jason, and Chris will be getting started back to The Mandalorian Season 2 coming up at the end of October. Um, and then, of course, Walking Dead is getting ready to come back. So yeah. Jason will be kicking off, um, which he's been releasing episodes on Walking Dead cast, just some off-season stuff, but getting ready to come back into The Walking Dead. Exciting. Yeah. Exciting times, exciting things happening on Podcastica. <laughs> and Jason and I just recently decided to cover the Great British Baking Show. I know that might have been a little surprise to some folks <laughs> when they saw it in their feed if you weren't following us on social media and thought, what is this? You know, after just getting the Umbrella Academy episode, then they see Great British Baking Show. Um, surprise. Well, that's supposed to be posted here. Never watched that show in my life, but because you guys are doing it, I watched the episode and I've listened to the episode that y'all re- released on here, and I'm so in. I'm like hooked after that first nice. one. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> the end of your first podcast was hilarious. Oh, <laughs> Jason really brought it, didn't he? <laughs> he, did. he was really funny on that episode. I got to give it to him. Um, begrudgingly of course no he did it, it was a lot of fun uh, talking about it. I, I wasn't sure how it was going to go to be honest with you because it was like how do you cover a baking show on a podcast so not on an fun. empty stomach not on an empty stomach <laughs> yeah for sure so yeah lots of great things and fun things happening at Podcastica um, and speaking of great podcasts you can check out Pake's other podcast called Run for Your Lives covering monster movies creature features disaster films and you can find them anywhere you listen to your favorite podcast and at runforyourlivespodcast.com what's mm-hmm. coming up this week Pake? All right, this week, uh, the last one that we have released that's been out this week is The Host, which is an early Bong Joon-ho movie, South Korean monster film. But then the newest episode that we'll be dropping this weekend is a movie that came out a couple years ago on Netflix called The Ritual, which is very dark, very scary. So Strange Indeed fans, if you're you know, haunting of Hill House and Bly Manor fans, this one might be one for you because it's real dark and creepy and deals with supernatural stuff a little bit it's great (laughs) nice i'll have to check it out (laughs) yeah i can't wait all right that's our show thanks for listening everyone until next time i'm rima and i'm paik and i'm richard and jim hickmeyer is strange indeed i'm the daddy here